0: First thing I'd like to do is thank you for joining us today. Thank you for coming on this first Sunday of the new year. Happy New Year. 2024. Here we are. And we are starting a series called You in Five Years. And so this is going to be great. I know some of you don't think so. But it's going to be good. Because God is good and let's look to him for a good next season together. His plan is awesome. Now, we are looking at, particularly today, a title that's called Small Steps, Big Results. Small Steps, Big Results. Now, that should sound a little familiar in terms of who we are as a church because we are all about helping people take steps. We help all of us each of us take steps from wherever we are to where God wants us to be. And so we're going to break this next 5 years down in this series into what these steps might look like and and your participation and your thought and your interaction is going to be key in the next 5 years for you. And so we need to think through these things. I can't think of a better way to start than to ask a series of questions to get us thinking about the next five years. Before we do, just do the math and write down your age on the first Sunday of 2029, five years from now. It's easy. Add five to what you are now. (laughs) Write it down and think about that, and we're going to use some questions to get us thinking further. What could your life look like by the first Sunday in January, 2029? What would it take to get there? Now, you have to have some possibility thinking. You have to have some faith thinking. You have to begin to think, what is the outcome I'd love to see, What is the best version of me that I think I can imagine five years from now? And think about that. Question number two. How many of you have in the past experienced a failed New Year's resolution? (laughs) All right. Me too. In fact, I kind of gave up on New Year's resolutions for many years because it just like never worked for me. And so I just kind of gave up until about five years ago or more. In fact, it was before a series that I did that I thought, we need to emphasize this again because here's the key. And we worked on some things together. Uh, It was before that. I had worked on it for a year. And it's like, we need to get into this. So in a sense, I've been through my five years this last five years, and I'm looking forward to helping me get through the next five years and see where it goes from today. And I want that to be your experience, too, because the last five years have been, in a lot of ways, the best five years of my life, spiritually speaking. In a lot of ways, it's been the toughest five years of my life in, in, in some of the things that we've had to wrestle through, and as it is challenging as a leader to wrestle with and help in our church experience. But God has been so good. And so I want you to be seriously thinking about these questions. So we've failed in the past, so the next question is, question three, how many of you have given up on making New Year's resolutions? See, that's where I was, kind of given up. And so if you're honest today and you haven't made any yet, you've probably given up on it. And yet I want to press a little bit further and push us beyond a new year's resolution. I want us to go into a bigger picture than one year because I don't think one year is motivating enough. Actually, I don't think one year is long enough to see the kind of results that are so motivating. And so we need to kind of tease this out a little bit. Because we tend to overestimate what we can do in short term. And so we set these high bar things for our New Year's resolution. We overestimate what we think we can accomplish in this one year. And we tend to underestimate what we can do in the long term. That's, that's the tendency that we have. We, we think we can do all of this stuff by this date fast, And it almost never goes that way, and we can't imagine it going so well that by that date, five years from now, we could accomplish that? Are you kidding me? We never dreamed that that's even possible because we don't think in these terms. We're just living day to day. And I want to challenge us to think in terms of you in five years. I believe this series has the potential to raise your success rate far beyond the new year. That's what I'm saying. I'm just wondering, is anybody interested? Okay, so we're heading in that direction together. Question number four. What are small steps that could have big results if you were consistent for five years. That's gonna be the emphasis of this series. What are small steps that if you were consistent in that could have a powerful end result? Rather than being the result focused, we're gonna to try to be the little steps focused and see what happens in five years because that is a powerful way to do things. So I'm just doing some brainstorming here and just get us thinking before we jump into some things. If you, read six to seven pages a day for the next five years, you'll have read 60 200-page books. Imagine, we are in a world where reading is almost no longer in style. We're in a world where we're no longer reading, we're entertaining ourselves, we're no longer learning, we're just passing time and enjoying it as a whole. As a culture, what if we were more intentional about learning and growing in small steps, maybe reading six pages a day? That's an average of one 200 page book a month. Amazing possibilities. I'm not going here, but maybe you want to go here. If you wrote just a little bit a day, by the end of the five years, you could have written a book. Okay, I mean, big possibilities are out there. Five years of, is plenty of time. I know uh, a few in this crowd have really worked on some of this for other reasons. It's plenty of time to learn a different language. And they have apps out there and helps out there that make it fun and competitive and easy. And that could be a goal for the next five years. And five years from now to be fluent in another language and to, whoa, that could be amazing. Five years is enough time to, uh, I know, I know, get in shape. In small steps. Five years is enough time to radically radically reshape your life? So I'm not just talking about physically. What if you radically reshaped your life mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally? Can you think of other leads? (laughs) All right, so, you know, it's just this holistic way of working on little steps. Which steps are the ones that you are hearing or as you wrestle with this in the next few weeks together that the Lord impresses upon you to do something about thinking about what that might look like for you? Small steps, big results is, by the way, it's a neutral idea you're already taking steps. You can have small steps, big results in the wrong direction. Right? You're already currently on a path. If you don't change anything, what would happen? In fact, that's what the next question is, question number five. What if you do nothing different? Where is the path of your current small steps leading you? So that's an interesting way to look at things. Now. I don't mean to sound negative, but I'm gonna sound negative here. Some paths will lead to divorce in five years or less. I mean, if you neglect your spouse, it doesn't take long. These are steps, okay? Some paths lead to prison. Some paths lead to major life-threatening addictions. Some work patterns are pathways. Some work patterns can lead to having to change jobs repeatedly over and over again for the next five years. Because that's built into a pattern. And chances are good that you'll blame the employer for that pattern. I'm just telling you it's a pattern inside of you. Most likely, a work habit pattern, a thinking pattern that has a doing pattern, What about the next five years? And nobody wants to hear this, there are eating patterns. (laughs) And the thing is, one year looks completely different than five years. If you only gained one inch around your belt (laughs) in one year, you don't think much, much about that, but let's add five years of that. Now it's five inches, that's five belt notches, okay? <laughs> five belt notches is what you have slowly done over five years, and that's just inches. And, and a few extra calories a day, it is really little, little. But over the course of one year, you think, no big deal, it's just five pounds. But five years, that's 25 pounds. Okay, It's that kind of thinking. If you get long enough out in thinking through the exponential potential or the detrimental hole that you could be digging for yourself, it gets harder and harder one direction, easier and easier the other direction. There's got this exponential component to it in these little steps, and that's what we're talking about. So the last question before we get started is, since five years is long enough time to get really healthy or really unhealthy, what will it be for you? If you can get really healthy or really unhealthy, now the self-evaluation takes place. If you do nothing, where is your path taking you right now? And all it takes is figuring out little things. The problem is we tend to try to figure out things that are too big and we quit because we're not doing the little things. There's more to it than that and we're about to begin. So here's point number one. The ways you let in become the ways you are set in. That point in the language of that point I uh, borrowed or stole or liked from Levi Lusco, who preached a series by this same title, which our series will sound completely different, because I am not Levi Lusko, okay? It'll sound completely different, but the I- idea here, the ways you let in become the ways you are set in, is a really, really important point to begin with. That's a very biblical concept. Galatians 6, 7 reads this way. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, a man reaps what he sows, okay, a woman does too, this is an everybody all play lesson, okay, that... It's neutral in its idea, but because of what's taking place in the letter that Paul is addressing, it is stated in the negative because some people have been deceived that you could do things one way and not have the consequences of that way. And he flips it because the people he's really saying is doing it the wrong way are the people that are doing it religiously by earning this goal. Earning it religiously. There was these Judaizers who were trying to tell the Gentiles that, no, salvation by faith and this faith walk alone is not enough. You've got to do this religious thing, and you Gentiles have to be circumcised, and you have to obey the law. And this is the whole backdrop, and Paul is saying, that line of thinking is taking you to a place you don't realize where it's going. You think it's based on you. It'll never happen that way. You received it because it was based on Jesus. If you start trying to earn this and get there based on what you're doing, you are going to be in trouble. Do not be deceived. You will reap what you sow. And if you sow to doing this your way, you're going to get what you deserve. Got it? That's background. Now let's settle down. Let's talk about us. Okay? God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, but um, you reap what you sow is actually a neutral but universal concept. We're talking about uh, farmer language. If you sow apples, you get apples, right? If you sow some other seed, you get the seed that you sow. You can't expect to get, I'm totally fit and buff, and so the I sit on the couch every day, seeds. Right? That, that, that doesn't work. You gotta sow the seeds that have the outcome, the harvest of the seeds you sow. One person who had a life completely out of control had a conversation with a preacher and he didn't, the people that li- their lives are completely out of control They're the last ones to see it. Everybody around them sees it. Their lives are out of control. It's heading downhill fast. It's on self-destruct mode. And they don't see it for themselves. They can see it for others, but they can't see it for themselves. The preacher said, did you know that what you're going through is actually written about in the Bible? Because he had a particularly bad day because he's getting consequences of his behavior and he didn't get it. Why was it happening? He says, the Bible is very clear about this. You reap what you sow. He said, "It says that in the Bible? Yeah, it's like a universal principle. If you don't live a life that understands that dots get connected with consequences, you're in pretend world, and you want to call it faith. No, that's not how it works. If you've placed your faith in Jesus, it has results in our lives that you connect dots where your life gets better and better as you live a life of trust and faith, which includes obedience. By faith, not by works. Okay? And so this is a really, really important concept that Paul is getting at here in Galatians. So if you sow good things, you reap good things. If you sow bad things, you reap bad things. It's only by grace that all the bad stuff that we sowed can be reversed through Jesus Christ, and now it's a life of thank you and reversing that life in a new creation lifestyle that Paul talks about all through his letters, but we're going to look at a few of those in Galatians this morning. So it can be sow good things, reap good things. It can be sow bad things, reap bad things bad things. You've heard me say this before. It's not originated with me. In fact, it's hard to know who originated it because it's been floating around so often. If you sow a thought and you sow a thought and reap an action, sow an action, you reap a habit. Sow a habit, you reap a character, sow a character, and you reap a destiny. That's the reap what you sow concept on the screen, okay? So given that that's true, we're saying the ways that you let in, What are you letting into your mind? What are you letting into your heart? What are you consistently feeding yourself? Emotionally, relationally, thought processing wise, entertainment wise, what you let in becomes what you're setting yourself in. You become set in the things you let in, okay? So, why do so many New Year's resolutions fail? Point number two, we've been saying it lots of different ways. We're going to say it this way now. Self-help does not go far enough. Understatement. Self-help does not go far enough. So don't hear this as a self-help series. Self-help does not go far enough. Self-help is little help when self is the problem. So when self's the problem, good luck with self that has the problem is directing self. Okay? God teaches us the truth about ourselves. What is the truth about every one of us? We all struggle with the problem of sin. All of us. If you're not struggling with the problem of sin, you're either unaware of what sin really is or you're in denial in some other way because we are all still battling with the problem of sin. Even those of us who are redeemed, we're sinning less but our sin nature is still creepy, and we're not in, the, in heaven yet, and so we're stuck between what's already true for us in Jesus, forgiven, empowered, spirit-filled, have what we need, and yet we're in this world, and we still stumble, we still struggle, so we're, there's the already saved part, but we're still in the being saved part, so we're not perfect yet. And yet, we're going to see the day when we will be like Jesus. Not in my lifetime, but if Jesus returns, yes. Uh, or when I see him face to face, finally. We arrive. But right now, sin is a problem for all of us. I just need to talk about what sin is. So what is sin? Sin is usually defined as missing the mark. Both the Hebrew word for it and the uh, Greek word for it is missing the mark. So you picture a target. (laughs) (sighs) 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 Ah, To the left, to the right, up, down. You're missing the mark. Okay? Okay. That's sin. But it's actually kind of the wrong picture. They didn't have guns back then, right? Let's go bow and arrow. Poof. I missed the mark because that mark is 100 yards out there. My bow is broken. Okay. It's going to drop 90 yards short. And that's why Paul writes what he says in terms of missing the mark. He writes, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The problem isn't that we need to try harder, try again, aim again. The problem is we don't have equipment. We don't have equipment That works. Our equipment is busted. We can't shoot and hit the mark because we're still tainted in this world and by the patterns that we have in us. We're getting stronger and stronger and shooting farther and farther and giving God more and more glory. But honestly, when I do really, really good, whoo-hoo! then pride creeps in (laughs) I did it whoops (laughs) you know you know and then then it starts being a struggle for us because it's we're we've got a busted set of equipment that we inherited from the first pair of human beings that blew it so the design for humanity has been broken so that our whole life is built on a self-centered bent where we're even motivated by the series in a self-centered way instead of to the glory of God way. And so we need to turn from the self-help way to God help us. That's when we now have the equipment restored. Paul, even in this book and other places, Galatians 6.15, I think it is, where he says we're new creations. Restored, no longer broken, yay, Because he took on our sin debt on the cross and absorbed the power of sin and death for us on the cross and broke it so that we could be released from its debt, all sins paid for. Now he fills us with his Holy Spirit so that we are new creations. Now we take aim and we can shoot not with our broken equipment but with his help. (laughs) and i can't take credit for it because it's by the grace of jesus holiness is not achievable it's receivable however and we can receive what we need to give glory to god do you see the difference So every day is humbling ourselves before our Savior and asking for more grace. Every day is asking him to wash our hearts clean because sin is not a behavior problem, it's a heart problem. The sin comes from the inside of us, so we have to humble ourselves before God, be refreshed again in the grace of God. And as a result of the purifying work of the Spirit of God, we actually want to aim at the target again. The problem of sin in our world today is not that they accidentally miss the target. People don't want to glorify God. They're aiming at glorifying me, which is actually 180 degrees in the opposite direction of glorifying God. And sin is inside of us, so we do what we want to do, and it's sin. God says, if you bring glory to me and you hit the target with that every time, it's going to be the best for you, but we don't believe it. So it's a faith problem that's sin. And that faith problem causes us to not be about Jesus, not be grateful to Jesus, not be centered around Jesus, and not be empowered by Jesus. But if we are believers, reverse that. It's not about me. It's all about him. And he's the source, and he's the means, and he's the target. And he helps me bring glory and significance to my own life in all that he gives me. But it's an everyday, small step, grace-empowered life. And it's called the new creation. And Paul describes it this way in Galatians. And it's incredibly mysterious how he describes it. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So he says, I no longer live, but then he says, here's how I live. But the I has been crucified. Now I live for you. And that's a whole different way of living. This mysterious thing where you can literally, in union with Jesus Christ, allow your old life to be crucified with him in the past that it's a done deal positionally with God. Now I'm his friend. We just did communion together with that emphasis instead of his enemy. That's because of what Jesus did. And now if I live with faith, trusting in Jesus, my life is not just trusting in him, it's all about him and empowered by him so that life is from him and through him and for him and he's over me, in me, through me, making a difference in eternity and it's about the kingdom of heaven now even in the reality of his kingdom because he's here. And to get to understand that is a mysterious, powerful, new way to think and new way to live. This is not self-help. This is a whole new deal. And it's living a life that's completely different than what our world is pumping at us as how to live. So let's get back to... The first set of verses we were at, Galatians 6, 7, and we're going to read beyond 7 to verse 8. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, and man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. When Paul is using the term flesh, it's the same term that would normally be used to to describe this stuff. bodily, it's it's the flesh of the body, but he uses it in a metaphoric way to describe the appetites of the body, but he goes beyond just appetites of the body, he now is describing the appetites of the body that we have personally patterned in a particular way because we have a sin nature, so your flesh and your pattern looks different than my flesh and my pattern, but we all patterned ourselves to respond in certain ways to the stimulus come in our direction. And this flesh, if we live according to the flesh, is going to reap destruction. So he's talking about this patterning that's self-centered that we have to figure out how to lay before Jesus, have it be crucified with him again, to receive his resurrection power through his filling of the spirit, to be able to have the equipment we need to say no to this patterning that is in us if we don't do something about that pattern. So let me just talk that through a bit. What does the old way reap according to verse eight? Destruction. Whoever sows to please their flesh, that's the old way of living, I'm gonna be about me, my pattern, this is what I want. It's going to reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap what? Eternal life. So these small steps that we take to lay these patterns before our God and ask for His help in new patterns. Translation. Get rid of the old habits. Start some new habits. Right? That is how we rehabituate our lives through the grace of Jesus Christ to where we look more and more like Jesus over the course of this next few weeks, next few months, this next year, and over the five years. What would it look like to look more like Jesus five years from now? Tracking with me? So, point number one was the the ways you let in becomes the ways you are set in. Point number two was self-help does not go far enough And point number three is small seed habits make a huge difference over time. Small seed habits make a huge difference over time. A man reaps what he sows, verse 7 again. Think in terms of seeds instead of quantum leaps. Think in terms of how long it takes for a seed to germinate, how much time it takes to become a plant. Think acorn oak, okay? It takes more time than a year and it's not as fast as you want. Here's how the New Year's resolution worked for me. I think I can do more, faster than I, and I set these goals really high and go, 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 and I just ran out of steam because I like, a crud. It's like I'm not getting anywhere, you know? It's just not seeing the results fast enough. You can't do it that way, you'll give up every time. So let's do it a different way. Think in terms of seeds, which are small, and what they can do over time. Quote on the screen, you can accomplish more over time by sowing small seeds by faith than by your Herculean efforts. We have seen this video four years ago. It was something that set me going five years ago, and so I showed it to you four years ago. Here it is again if you were there with us then. I'm glad you'll see it if you haven't seen it before. And that's how, over time, ongoing consistency trumps short term flared up intensity every time. Little domino steps have the effect of exponential return. Okay? And it can start exponentially at any point, because a domino lined up like that can knock over one that's like one and a half times its size, and you keep going one and a half, one and a half, one and a half. That's really fast return. But at some point in time, God starts to create this, now you see it, now you get it, now you understand it, but you've got to keep planting seeds, watering seeds, doing the small steps. Here's... Another quote that I just happened to receive by email. It was in a book that I read five years ago, but I happened to receive it this week, and here you go. New goals don't deliver new results. New lifestyles do. And a lifestyle is a process, not an outcome. For this reason, all of your energy should go into building better habits, not chasing better results. James Clear, the author of Atomic Habits. So what I want you to do now is take a look at the backside of the outline or the bottom of your digital outline, if you're using our digital uh, events outline, and I have listed out the six questions that you need to wrestle with this week to actually think about what you're going to do about this, and then if you wouldn't mind wrestling with questions five, six, and seven. I know this sheet's called the Talk It Over because it's designed for small groups, but you can use it as individuals, just the same letters Instead of T-I-O, talk it over, let's just think it over. You can do it individually. It'd be great if you talked it over before next week and start getting this process of thinking going in your head. At this point, I just want to say thank you for coming today. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you'll be thinking. This is just the beginning. we got to start thinking, okay, what does this mean? This is long-term. What am I going to do? That's the challenge for you. What you put into it will be what you get out of it. And that's really important to say. I want to say before we go, we have some connect cards in the chair in front of you. If this is a new time, uh, first time for you, fill it out for us. 30 seconds, walk to the information table, hand it in, receive a gift. And uh, if you've been newish and you haven't done this yet, uh, this is a good time. And we have a prayer card if you have a prayer need today to be prayed for. Prayer team, could you make your way over there? Because maybe you need prayer soon. Soon. Um, that's a great thing that uh, you would be desiring prayer for whatever you're going through right now here's what I know about some of us what goals for the next five years are you kidding me I can't even make it through today all right you're you're hanging by the skin of your teeth which by the way I found was actually a biblical quote in Job whoa I didn't know that anyway not hanging the skin of your teeth part (laughs) and so it's like if you're there the answer's the same god is your shield god is your savior god is your rescuer god is your comforter god is the one who loves you he's interested in you he will help you turn to him literally and talk to him if you're not even comfortable with that have somebody else talk to him for you and ask for prayer and take some steps let's pray together god we thank you for a new year we thank you for a new start. Help us to bring glory to your name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.